we'll just let them have a time and we'll we'll circle the runway hallelujah i so agree with putting 16 behind and not trying to figure it out there is so much here in 17 the reason i put that on the board out there of that uh uh 2017 is a year of celebration. We heard that by somebody else. And you go, well, listen, I don't celebrate. Well, you might not, based on 16, celebrate, but we're going to base it on the word of the Lord for 17. And that's where we're going to go. Matter of fact, I was going to wait till later, but I'm going to read you what Brother Steve prophesied to us on the 11th. The, the whites were here that evening, but that morning... Um, he gave a he gave a word to River Church, and uh, he said, "I asked the Lord for a dream for the church. I had a dream, and in it, I was running around the house, and I was so excited because I was telling everybody, and I wrote in all in all the bathroom mirrors, live with expectation, live with expectation.'" So let's point to ourselves right now and just do the word of the Lord. Say it with me. Live with expectation. Again, live with expectation. I believe that if we could cut off 16 and just say, let's pretend that didn't exist. You know, when Catherine Kuhlman, a great woman of God, when they would talk about her, and they did talk about her, she would always just say, let's pretend that didn't happen. With criticism and insults and, you know, she was a woman minister just doing amazing things. Just just so supernatural. And they would just criticize her for being a woman preacher and for all that she was doing. She said, let's just pretend that didn't happen. So let's just pretend 16 didn't happen because you can't do anything about it except deal with 17. So he went on, he says, I feel like God is about to do something and this is the assignment Live with expectation. I wrote it on the mirrors. God is up to something good. Now, the message I have for you this morning goes along with everything that's been said. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Last week, I had a prophetic word at the end of the service. And this is what the Holy Ghost said to River Church. This was on Christmas morning. I say to you by the word of the Lord, your life in 17 will no longer be a struggle to give, but a demonstration of giving. There will be a coming forth out of your life as a light versus a coming into your life as a supply. And the Lord says, no longer will you struggle in your body as to keep yourself, but you will come forth in health and wholeness as a demonstration to those that do not know his health. And you will be bold, saith the Lord in 17, bold as a lion, truly, as the word says. You will be fearless in your coming in and your going out. And you will declare the day, the day of, and the day in of the word of the Lord. It will be as you say, saith God. I will put my words in your heart, and you will meditate upon them day and night. And as you speak them, I will bring creation power to them, and you will see them manifest and be created before your very eyes. That's a good word right there. And it will not be a great thing unto you, saith God. It will be a great thing unto the world that is in darkness. But to you it will be life and life to the full. So put on boldness, saith God. Say with your mouth what you would declare should happen, and I will back you up. And it will be a glorious year, saith the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read the third word I have. This was sent to me by someone in our church. And uh, she got this word when we were in uh, prayer in, did we pray in December or is it November? Anyway, last time we prayed together uh, on a Sunday evening, I believe. And this is what came forth. I saw an image of people that seemed to be River Church in what looked like a subway car or tram. And they were holding on because the train was accelerating so fast. I was among those holding on. And I heard these words, rapid 
acceleration, and I felt like it was a word for 2017. Let's say that words, those two words together, rapid acceleration. Well, now, if you looked at 16, we had anything but rapid acceleration. We were saying, praise God, we're, we're still moving. <laughs> we're not going backwards. Hallelujah. And here the word of the Lord says rapid acceleration. Now, you know the Lord, the Lord always brings you a word when you're going to need that word. You go, well, I don't need this word. Well, you will. When he brings you a word that everything's going to be okay, it's almost always when everything's just nothing's going on. Like, why would he bring me a word about everything's going to be okay when there's nothing wrong? Well, there's something coming. And he brings you the word so that you had the word before the bad thing or the hard thing or the troubling thing came. So that in that trouble, you can say, the Lord already knew. And he already said, I got a path through this, a path over this, around this. And everything is going to be fine. Are you in Romans chapter 10? You know, the Lord wants to bring an atmosphere to your life, a framework in your life so that you can have an optimum 2017. The Lord is good. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. And we're loved by him. That's who we are. And so he has only got one thing on his mind, and it's you. I know there's seven billion of us out there, and there's lots of troubles, and New president and Russia and China and, you know, all the things that are going on, crazy stuff, stock market, you know, on the edge of this or that. It doesn't matter. As far as the Lord, if he were to get up, he, he doesn't get up. But if he were to metaphorically get up, he would say, you know, I got Debbie on my mind today. I don't want any distractions because I'm focused in. Or he would say that about Miss Emily or he'd say that about Lisa. Today, I'm going to focus on this. And then the next day, he'd do it again. And it's just amazing that we're never away from his, his, his agenda, his purpose. We, we can't fathom it. You can't even get your head around that, but that's how it is. And so I wrote down, stop in 17, stop and listen and decide. I'm going to stop. And that goes along with what Debbie said. Stop that 2016 noise. Just stop it. Stop those symptoms. Just forget about what the doctor said and forget about what the, the diagnosis is or the, the stop. Just stop it and say, this is 2017. And I'm going to listen to what he says about this year because he knows. You know he's already looked ahead and seen it. He didn't cause it, but he knows all about it. And then I'm going to decide which way I'm going to go before it comes here. In other words, I'm not going to wait and say, well, I'll decide when I hear. I'm going to decide right now. Whichever, whatever God says, whatever, wherever he leads, I'm already in. It's kind of like mailing in your reservation. And you go, well, what, what, do you, what are you all going to do? I don't know. I just mailed it in so that I'm on it when it leaves. And that's what we're doing in 17. Praise God. Um, he also told me to take it off of autopilot. You know, autopilot is a, is a Christian. It's a, it's a term that Christians uh, use to say, I'm just leaving this up to God. And it, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a Bible concept, autopilot. You know, God's my pilot. I'm just the co-pilot. And it's really, I mean, sounds right. Sounds spiritual, but it's not. He wants to, us to initiate the will of God. He wants us to stop and listen and then to obey. And that, that's no, there's no autopilot in obeying. Autopilot is what will be, will be. And, you know, God's sovereign. He'll work things out and I'll just go with God. That's not the plan of God. Like Debbie said, there's a real devil and he will stop that. So you got to say, I'm going to get in faith about this, and I'm going to take a risk by saying yes to God before that even happens. Romans 10, I'm finally there. It says in verse 9, let's just read the first little part of that. Well, no, let's read the whole thing together. Here we are. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, let's take out the middle part, which is explanation, and let's just, let's just put the, the input and the output in there. It says, if you will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. 
Now, the word saved there in, in terms that we all know in, in the American culture and, and maybe in the evangelical church, we think that means to be born again, and it does. It means to be taken out of a lost, sinful condition and to be regenerated in your spirit man instantly in the twinkle of an eye, not a process, not something that God's working out. It, you are completely and automatically converted on the inside. In, in a moment, and, that's, and that is what that word saved means. But the word is, is the word sozo, and it means more than just that. It means to protect or to deliver. So if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, not just that I know him, but the Lord Jesus. We looked at that term Lord, where it means master, sovereign ruler, absolute authority. It's not a, it's not a friend term that says, well, we're, we're working out whether we're going to leave uh, and go down to uh, South Alabama next week, me and my friend, we're just working stuff out. No, Lord is different than just my buddy that we're, we're taking a cruise. It means absolute authority in your life, Lord. So if thou will confess him as Lord, let's just do that right now. I confess you as Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, you are the authority, the master, the ruler, the end of all things in my life. I give my life to you, and I thank you for taking it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's, I'll tell you now, that word, that word right there that says saved, you shall be saved, it means to be born again, but it also means to be protected and delivered. It means to be made whole, restored financially or in your body or in your, your head, you know, emotional thing where your soul is just beat up from crazy stuff, crazy people, the devil, and just stuff that went bonko, he, he will save us. But you've got to make him Lord. You can't have a fishing buddy that's going to deliver you out of mental anguish and soulish torment. You've got to have a Lord that says, I bought you with a price. You're not your own. That's me, Lord. I have no stake in, I have no say in this. You're the Lord of that. It also, let's see what else it means. I wrote everything. It means to preserve, to be made well, and to do well. And so you may know, you may have a great therapist or know someone that has a therapist or a counselor or whatever. There's nothing on earth, there's nothing natural that can do what the word saved means that God does to us through the Lord Jesus. In other words, you can, you can spend your whole life trying to get restored in your money or get your uh, health back or get your, uh, your, your reputation back, and all of it's in vain compared to just getting born again, just getting Jesus as Lord. So we should work on making him Lord. In the sense I say work, I mean affirming him and keeping him in that place and keeping him at the head. That's where our team, if we would seek first the kingdom, then he'll sozo us. That's a good word, y'all. Christians, we've got the ticket that, that goes to the other side, and yet we're standing on the dock with all the people that are worried and wringing their hands, and what are we going to do? And we've got the ticket out of this place. Praise God. So um, I have found that Christians really do want to please God, but they are mostly pretty helpless about how to do it. And so if you ask them, hey, uh, if you were to die, what would happen? Why would God let you into his heaven? They'll just say, they'll always say, I've tried to do my very best. So they really are trying to sacrifice. You know, I'm trying to not get it on me. I'm trying to help others. And they'll really say, you know, I, I'm trying to be a good person. And, and so Christians that, that want to please God mostly do it inwardly. Uh, you know, I don't eat sweets on Saturday and I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, all the things that people do that think that that pleases God, and that doesn't please God. What pleases God? To make Jesus Lord, because it fixes everything. It's just the end of everything. Jesus being Lord is the end of everything, and so I am in 17. If I'm doing anything better than I did in 16, I'm turning away from, like Debbie said, this and that was that dogged my tracks in 16 and i'm just saying you know i can't fix that i can't even deal with it but i'm going to just look and say jesus everything that's not lord i'm going to change that and make you the lord the lord of my thought life the lord of my money the lord of my friendships the lord of my schedule the lord of my everything everything that i can think of 
And I don't even know how that works, Lord. I don't even know how you would change my schedule or fix my friends. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm turning to you and saying, if you can help me, I need help. I'm not desperate. I'm not on the edge of my life. I'm not just about to go under. But Lord, I want the life that you've given, and I'm submitting to it. Jesus be the Lord of my life. And I think once you do that, he jumps in and helps. Do y'all? Y'all think he would help us if we said, Lord, I, I need you to help me? It says, who shall ever make Jesus Lord? He shall be saved. Another place it says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So it, it's, it's, really, it's really cool how we please God. We really, we, need, we want to do that. I think most Christians that I deal with, carnal Christians, baby Christians, Christians that don't really read the Bible, don't really know how to pray, don't really have a confidence in, in God answering prayer, I think they all have an experience they look to, I know I did, where they said yes to heaven instead of yes to Jesus. I don't know if y'all did, but they, they, were, they were painting flames on the wall when I was little and saying, you better say yes to heaven, son, or it's hot down there. And you see it on church signs, you know, and it's hot down there, and, you know, it's cool with G cool in heaven, and it's a heaven thing. And that is part of the package. You know, if you buy a house, it, it, it has water connections and, and electricity connections, but you don't, you, you, that's not the reason you bought the house. And we didn't say yes to heaven, just so we lose our we lose a relationship. We never have a relationship with Jesus if we if we made heaven our focus. Is that right? You just you kind of like, well, I got heaven nailed down. Here's my ticket. I'm a church member, and I, you know, and I I've got a Bible, and I I sing in the choir or whatever. But that's that's heaven. That's not Jesus. And so we've missed a relationship, and Jesus is not Lord. And then in the clutch, we don't even know if heaven's there. We hope it is, and that's how we started out, but then we don't even have a confidence about heaven. So um, uh, I, Jesus has got to be Lord. And I'm starting out 17, this, this today. I'm saying, Lord, I'm not trying to exercise more or eat better or pray more or read the Bible more. All that should happen. But really, none of it, it's all frail. I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm going to turn my life over to you. I'm going to make Jesus the king of my life. I just know that's going to be as good or better than anything I could do in my own because I've done everything. Listen, I'm 60, almost four, and I've done everything you can do on the new year. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure uh, exercise equipment and gym memberships are going up this week. I'm sure they're selling out, you know, and, and uh, uh, Weight Watchers is getting subscriptions in. And, you know, they're just they're covered up with stuff, all this stuff that people are saying, I'm going to do better. It's kind of in us to get after Christmas when you have a little lull, people to get a new start. Well, my new start is Jesus is Lord. I know that seems trite. It seems a little general, but I'm I'm in. I'm in. And, and then I know that if I get, if I have a relationship with him, I'm going to read the Bible more. You know, if he's Lord, I'm going to read the Bible more. I, it's kind of like falling in love. You know, these young men that fall in love, get a girlfriend when they're young, they don't know anything. But all of a sudden, they're opening doors and, and calling on time and, and taking baths and, you know, all sorts of stuff that they would, you could never make them a list and make them go down it. But they're they're motivated from the inside. They've got just like ah, I gotta, I gotta, I'm in love or something. Well, we got we just gotta fall in love with Jesus, and then you'll read the Bible more. You'll you'll pray. You'll it'll all come into into speaking into that. Um, Psalm twenty three one says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." It's the same thing as this scripture in Romans. It says, "If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus." The word shepherd there is kind of a, it's a euphemism for Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. He's, he's my Lord. He's my master. He's my, you know, sheep don't have a chance. They don't have a, they don't have a chance. Most defenseless and stupid animal on the earth. A mushroom has got more stuff going than most sheep. <laughs> really? And, and so they got to have a shepherd. Well, we're, we're kind of in the sheep mode, y'all. And uh, the word want there means 
just what it says. It, uh, I wrote it down. It means uh, uh, to fail, to be lessened, to be abated, to, be, to decrease. The Lord is my shepherd. Everything's better. Everything's good. I'm, I'm in. Um, I want just a minute, just for a few minutes, I want to minister on how the kingdom works. Because we, we want to start out right. If we have a good foundation, if we know how it works, then we can, we can know we won't be trying to please God the wrong way. Because it doesn't matter if you—there's no E for effort. You say, well, I, I tried to please God, so I did good here and I didn't do bad there. No, you please God with faith. And if you're not in faith, it didn't please God. Y'all say amen. we got to get in faith. That was a good word. we just got to get in faith. And the thing is, is when you're a new creation in Christ, that's the one thing we do better than anything else. We don't think better. We don't run faster. We're not smarter. But we can believe God's word. It's in us. We got, a, we got an apparatus in us to get in faith. So we're going to get in faith in 2017. And we're going to do exploits for the Lord. So um, we know that it, as far as heaven's concerned, things are absolute. You know, the sun came up. They knew when the sun would come up today. They know when it's going to set tonight. And matter of fact, they can go back 3,000 years, and they can go forward 3,000 years, and they can tell you when the sun's coming up. It's amazing. But it's so predictable. It's so precise that uh, it never changes. And so heaven is absolute. But I want to tell you all something about earth life. It's not absolute. We are progressing. We are, we are going little by little and and walking towards it. The new birth was absolute, but this part here, the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, it's absolutely a work in progress. Do you all know anybody that once they get saved that they're better that afternoon? Not necessarily. They got all this stuff inside them, but they don't know how to work any of it. And so that's the way we all are. I want to make progress in 17. I want to be at what the Word calls the right place at the right time. I am intrigued. I'm infatuated. I am, I am stimulated by being sensitive to how God leads me in 17. I'm amazed. One time I watched uh, just little things that you can go by by somebody, what somebody said. I had a friend one time that told me about something. It was just in passing, just sailing on, just going through. But I picked up on it investigated it, all of a sudden it was the key that opened my life concerning healing, and all of a sudden I'm in the driver's seat. We had that with Pastor Buzzy, had that with Brother Hagen, uh, had that with Dr. Cole. Not, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't an event that says, you got to come here, it'll change your life. It was just something in passing, and it connected me to something that was amazingly significant in my life. The way that I met Debbie, the things that happened way back there in 1968, you know, back there right after fire was invented or right the wheel was just coming into vogue, you know, that sort of thing, you know. And I'm going, God, I could have missed it 10 million miles. The same thing with the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We were model Baptists, just straight as a string. And that's not in the path for and here we are. The Lord just kind of floated something by that we could have walked away from easily, just like we walked away from a bunch of stuff that we didn't get involved in and should, have, should not have got involved in. This happened, and it changed my life. How many of y'all got changed by the new birth and by the Holy Ghost and by learning about healing? Do you know how many gazillions of people don't believe in healing or the Holy Ghost and they're living a lesser life because of that ignorance? And here you and I, that grace came into us just like it comes to them, but somehow the Lord had you sensitized to it and you reached out and got it and it was the key at that time. Okay, amen. I, I get it. So... We got to change, um, and I want, that's what I want to do in 17. I believe the Lord's going to send us the keys, but he doesn't come out with angels blaring it. You know, da-da-da, you need to go to church here. You need to read this scripture. It's, it's subtle. It's little. 
It's behind the scenes. You get it when you pray. The Lord will just bring something up inside of you. You'll hear something go, huh, what's that? I'll write that down. Or a prophecy like Brother Steve. This is going to change my life. Because you could look at 17 and say, more the same or worse than 16. It looks like the end of 16 was sliding. Why would 17 be different? But I have the word of the Lord, and I'm going to pay attention to it, and I'm going to have a better life. But a lot of people would just take that word and go, ah, I have friends. They get words from the Lord, and it's like, ah. So um, my, uh, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 17. I've got a few more minutes here. Are y'all okay? I want to remind y'all how good we did on Sunday morning. We had service in, seven, in 45 minutes. We were in and out the door in 45. I want to let y'all know there are miracles still happening. It is supernatural around here. Not everything is walking on the water. Woo-hoo. And we did it all that morning. We took communion. We prophesied. We, we laid hands on the sick. We did it all. Praise God. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse uh, 26, look at this verse. Uh, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Here it is and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Now, that's a scripture that talks about being at the right place at the right time, that God will schedule you. Let me read it again. And hath determined the times before, before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So right, that's uh, times, appointed times, that's right time and the uh, bounds of their habitation. He's got, he's got a place for you to be. People say, you know we talk about this, people say, God knows where I am. If he wants to bless me, he, he can find me. But that's not what his word says. The word says that he tells us, I'm blessing over there. Get thee over there. Well, God can heal me at home the same he can at church or, you know, whatever. That's, that, it's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. He says, Psst, go here. They believe. And they'll do it, and I'll heal you through that. We 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 don't we believe in miracles, but then we we it's called the Bible calls it tempting Christ, where we ask Him to do things that are not according to His Word, but we think He ought to stretch for us because we don't want to go over to that church, or we don't want to go meet that person, or we don't want to ask for prayer, and we just expect God to make up the difference. But He's got rules and parameters, and so He sets the times the appointed times, and the bounds of our habitation. Right place, right time. How many of y'all think we ought to be at the right place, right time this next year? It'll be better. It'll be better. Instead of just wandering in, God knows where I'm at, and he can get me, and he can, he, but he never has done that. He never has scrawled it on the wall. He never has just translated you out of where you were to where you needed to be. He expects you and I to listen to Holy Spirit. That's the benefit of Christians that pray. We have a great advantage over those that don't pray. They can pray, but I'm just saying, if you're praying, it'll pay off. Not always that you just get the, oh, God, I want a pink Cadillac. I'm praying for it. But that you pray, God, your kingdom come. God, let it happen for me. Let me be used of God. And he'll start putting things in front of you that you'll see so you can seize. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. That's, that's how we got in Tuscaloosa. That's how we got in Alabama, is just listening. There was no great need here. There was no great trouble in Texas. But here we are. Uh, um, so, um, now, let, let, I didn't finish that. We've got we to finish that because there's more. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from in every one of us. Look, verse 28. For in him... Speaking of the Lord Jesus, in him we live and move and have our being. Now, I want to talk about the progression of, of life. Heaven, it's sovereign. It's happened. God's not looking at you saying, we got trouble down there. We got to do something. God, if you're in heaven, do something. He's already done it. The Lord Jesus has already done it, taken care of it, and heaven thinks you're healed. Heaven thinks you're supplied because Jesus paid the price for it and sent an appropriation for it. Heaven thinks 
that it's done everything that needs to be done for you and I to be healed, whole, and healthy, full, supplied, and wealthy. Where is it? Well, that's where faith comes in. You got to call things that be not, that, as though they were. You got you got to appropriate. You got to stand on the words, right? So here it says here that uh, um, verse twenty. Where was I? Twenty-eight. For in Him we live, move, and have our being. So there's a progression. You first you start out living in Him. I'm a Christian. Then you start moving in Him. That's a progression. You're growing up when you start moving instead of just living in Him. I'm breathing in Christ. I'm, I'm born again. Well, now I'm moving in him. In other words, I'm activated. And then we have our being. That's a, that's a, a signification of lordship. I, I am who he made me, and I can do what he's empowered me to do, and I'll have what he's empowered me to have. We, we, have our, we live and move and have our being. So as long as we're moving, we're going to increase in him. Let me just read you this in Isaiah 28, 13. The word of the Lord unto them was precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Look, look, here a little and there a little. So it's not all at once. You can't, you can't grasp everything at once. We've got we to have our mind renewed, read the Bible, pray, go to church, to get stuff out of our soul that's wrong and get stuff in our soul that has to happen. It took me a long time to get around the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I mean, a long time. I had a resistance to it when it first came. I had a resistance to, to several things when they first came. Didn't understand healing. Have you all ever been where you didn't understand how about healing? Well, if God wants to heal me, he just can. Well, no, there's a, there's a, there's a problem right up here. It's, it's, it's in the way, and we got to work some stuff out that's wrong. God doesn't change. He's, we have to change. So we have to say, Lord, I'm open to healing. How, how does this work? I, you know, God, what if you send a woman to heal me? I know you can't use women. That's been around for years. But God's not going to say, yeah, you're right about that. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that's in the way. Uh, in in uh, Isaiah, it says, here a little, there a little. In Exodus chapter 23, let me read you this verse in verse 28. I'll send hornets before these, talking about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. In other words, you can't handle it up front. You're young. You're immature. But little, by little and little, I will drive them out before thee until thou be increased. Point yourself and say, be increased. be increased. And then it says, and inherit the land. So say that. Inherit the land. How do you inherit the land? You be increased. You develop a capacity in here to believe God. Because if I told you it's the Lord's will to, to give you $100,000 to pay off your house and pay off your car or maybe 300000 whatever it takes, you don't have the capacity just sitting there right now, maybe, to believe that. But heaven's already paid off your house. As far as heaven's concerned, Jesus was on the cross saying, put the house in. Put the house in for Eric and Anita. Put the house in for the caches. Put the house in for... Put the house in. Well, we're down here like, oh, God, I don't believe that. Well, you got to increase. you got to see him pay off your, your motorcycle or your bicycle or pay off your, your Sears card or pay off whatever. you got to see that, and little by little, you increase inside. Ooh, if he'll pay that off, wonder what else God's got. And so we increase. We increase our capacity. But if you don't get the first thing, you don't have a chance for the last thing. Now, you might just get another job or, you know, refinance or whatever and get your house paid for. But it wasn't because heaven just came in and said, I want to do it. Is that right? That's right? So there's a progression. And River Church, I'm telling you, God wants us to keep on increasing. We're on a path. 16 was rough. Woo-hoo. But we're all still here. We're all in faith. We're all... We're all here. We're all, nobody's under the knife. Nobody's under the, the law, the court. We're all good. And we 
increased in 16. I'm not saying God sent it. The real devil was there. But we were sustained, and now we have a confidence. We say, you know, when the kitchen sink goes by the third time, the devil's run out of stuff, and he's recycling. Hell has sent its best, and Jesus is Lord. There's a scripture in, uh, turn with me to Mark chapter uh, 4. Got a few more minutes here. This matter, what it seems like, feels like, looks like, it is so good right now. Not going to be, it's good right now, but you got to get your faith around it. you got to say, I can, we, yes. Mark chapter 4, verse 28, uh, it says, uh, look at this, the Lord Jesus, mine's in red. It says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the year, after that the full corn in the year. So what's it talking about there? It's talking about how a plant grows. You could, you could say a corn stalk here, because it says corn. It really means a, a grain. But you could say a corn doesn't just, you plant the seed, and, and all of a sudden you see a full-grown ear pop out the next morning. You, you see the stalk, and then you see, you see the blade. Then you see a little ear, a little thing there, and then you keep on waiting. You keep on watering it. You keep on cultivating it. You keep on shooting the crows. And all of a sudden, there's a full corn in the ear. And we go, whew, that's good. But you had to wait for it. Wasn't enough just to plant the seed. You had to wait for it. That's the progression of the kingdom. Jesus said that's how the kingdom works. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it, listen to this. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What happens? That ye might prove that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's levels, there's degrees. I don't really understand all that is. I can just tell, though, that because he said it three different ways, there's something to do that about increasing, that as you renew your mind, it gets better. You can understand God more. You can receive more. He can use you more. The power that you have over the devil, it's not increased, but if you know you got power over the devil, you're going to use it. And you're going to talk to heaven and say, God, I've got a need, and I'm talking to you about it. If you're whooped, you won't do, you won't do it. You'll just try to go do something better so maybe God will notice. Um, you know this scripture, it's in Isaiah, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And look, it's, it, it talks about the progression in, re, in reverse. It says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Well, you know, when you wait upon the Lord, that means to praise him, to worship him, to, to, to enter into prayer. To, to, you First, you walk and not faint. And then you run and you're not weary. That's the way it works at my house. <laughs> and then when you've been waiting and growing and increasing, then you can mount up with wings as eagles. There's a progression here, and God's got you and I on a progression. We're growing. We're increasing. We are enlarging inside, and it doesn't feel like it, and because the devil's after us, you know, there's trouble along the way, but there's something going on on the inside, y'all, that is amazing. And it's going to be paying off. I've got Matthew chapter 19. You've got to go there with me. Matthew chapter 19. Now, I'm, I'm not, I know you know all this, but I'm just trying to put it in a context so that we take 2017 from the first day. We don't let anything get past, past us. First, first, uh, verse 21 Again, the Lord Jesus said, if thou will be perfect, go and sell. He's talking to the rich young ruler. If thou will be perfect or good, go and sell what thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. How many of y'all, how many of y'all believe that was the best counsel for this man that he could get? Jesus talking to him and saying, I see your life, I'm asking you to do this, that that was not bad counsel. That was the best thing that could happen. But it says, but when the young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Well, you don't have to have great possessions to go away sorrowful. 
You can just be on a quest to have great possessions. And let me tell you something about being rich. Being rich isn't just about having a lot of stuff. Rich people have attitudes. I don't know if y'all ever met a rich person, but they think different than poor people, not just in money things. They have a, it's translated into who they are. Most rich people think they're somebody different than somebody that doesn't have much. I'm trying to be kind here, but I, I think you understand what the word is and, and how they, it, those riches have made them think that they aren't going to have to put their britches on one leg at a time like us and, and that, that they can't just eat all they want. Wouldn't you like to be in a place where you could just go to Christmas and just clear the table? Just, just, just go from one, just a buffet from one end to the other, and I'll take one of everything and two of the stuff on the dessert section. And it just had no effect. You felt good all day. You stayed the same felt self. You were just, wouldn't that be great? But rich people don't have that advantage. They, they got to, you know, I'll take three peas and one carrot, please, because they got to, they got, they're no advantage. And when it comes to smarts, like in an emergency, the firemen will get you out of the house faster than these people will. They don't have a clue. And you, you will have to help them change their tire on the side of the road because they never had to change their tire. I'm just saying rich is more than just money. And I'll tell you why that works there. It goes on to the story there. He said uh, uh, um, he had great possessions. Jesus said unto his disciples, so he turned after the guy had left. He said, I say to you that a rich man, that would be a man that's aware of his riches. I believe, family, that you and I are rich, but in a different way. And that if you had a lot of money, I, I'm counting on the Smiths being sloppy, filthy lucre, just, you know, but they're not aware of it. It didn't change them because we first were Jesus people. And we know where it came from. And we know that it, it's not our brains and our, we know God made a way. And we have, like Eric said this morning, we have lots of offerings in the plate. Lots of tithing. Never missed one. Once you become a tither, you're not like, well, I tithe half the time. We're in. And so he says, it's harder. It's easier for a camel. The real word for that word camel, and it makes more sense. If you look it up, it means rope. If the word is rope, I don't know where this camel thing come from, but you look it up, it means rope. And it makes sense. It's easier for a rope to go through the eye of a needle. Isn't it hard to get a rope through the eye of a needle? <laughs> what does a camel got to do with a needle? Then for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. His disciples heard it. They were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? So obviously these boys had some stuff, didn't they? Why would they care? They should have said, oh, yeah, oh, those rich socks. We, we. But Jesus beheld them, said, with men this is impossible. With God all things are possible. Um, let's see where I'm going here. Um, a little more, a little more. Uh, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we've forsaken all, follow thee. What shall we have therefore? Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, and every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Verse 30, many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So I believe he's talking there in verse 30 about the first among men, the wealthy people, the, the, uh, what do you call them? The, they're running everything. They're, they're the ones that are first down here. They're wealthy. They're in charge of everything. They're, he, said, he said, aren't they going to be surprised when they think going to heaven? I mean, if they're born again, they'll go to heaven. And they get up there and goes, where's my valet? And where's my, where's my electric doodly-doo? And where's my, you know, my... And they're at the back of the line. And people that just were giving and serving and making their petitions made on to God, they're up at the front of the line. Do y'all believe that's what it could mean? Yes. That rich people, if they're born again, are going to have a hard time in heaven because their riches don't mean anything there. Their power and influence mean nothing there. Nothing.
Now, my point here is, is that it's not things that hinder. It's the love of things that hinder. And we're getting back to the Lordship, the love of Jesus. Lord, I'm not after riches, and I'm not after you to get riches. I'm after you. I love to go to church. I love to read the Word because I love you. Prayer, it's fellowship with you, Lord. I, it's kind of hard sometimes, and, and I get distracted, and you know I get tired, but Lord, I'm in I, because I love you. It's like falling in love with your girlfriend. You just you take her to the movie, and you take her out to eat, and you do things for her because you're in love, and we're in love with Jesus. One last scripture, and I'll be gone. First Thessalonians. Lordship is literally emptying out yourself. So, there's, so, so you can be refilled with him. Isn't that the process we're all in? I'm not trying to tell y'all anything. Do this and don't do that. Quit sinning. Quit thinking about those things. Quit, quit skipping this and quit doing without that. We're not talking about that stuff. We're talking about emptying out self so we can be refilled with him. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says in verse 11, Wherefore we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling. You know, we ought to pray that. God, am I up to speed for the calling that's on my life? Now, what you're doing right now might not be the whole of your calling. We might have some prophets in here, or apostles, certainly elders or missionaries or, I, you know, and you go, not me, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I go in the nursery sometimes. I go to children's church. I no, that wouldn't be his calling. That would be what we're doing. Would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the power of faith with power, the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, what's your heavenly resume? I know we all have a resume down here, but we're working on a heavenly resume. Lord, when we hit the door of heaven, we could go there, but we're not. But there's scriptures that talk about uh, uh, being faithful over worldly things and have authority over cities. Have y'all seen in that in, in the Gospels where he says, uh, you, you did what I asked you to do here with this little dab of stuff. I'm going to put you in authority over 10 cities and you over five cities. I'm going to put you. There's a there's a reward over there. Now, we're all going to get in the door. But some people didn't do it over here, so they can't do it over there. I want to be I want to have a at least Moundville <laughs> or, or, or Havana or, you know, Hooters Junction or or whatever, you know, just some little something that you, God said, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, you can have that. I'll let you run that. You can be the mayor. No, there's a price to be paid and there's a calling on you and I to do it. I declare unto you this morning that there are power ministries right here this morning. Power ministries. Do you know what I mean by power ministries? We're talking about healing we're talking about power ministries. I declare to you this morning that 2017 is a year for us that we will be free from all limits. Say all limits. You go, well, I did the best I could in 16. Well, there's still limits on you. The Bible says, Paul says, says I had done more, but the devil hindered me. I've been hindered by the devil in 16. I, I hate to admit it, but to whom much is given, much is required. And I'm taking the limits of the devil off in 17. How are you going to do that, Pastor? Jesus is Lord. If I keep my eyes on him, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I'm submitting myself to him. I'm going to just, devil, I don't even know your name, don't even care what you're thinking, because I'm looking at him, and you will be no problem to me, because I'm looking at him. That's the word I have for this year, is Jesus is Lord. And then I wrote down this one last thing, access to rooms of glory. I believe in 17 we're going to have access to rooms of glory. You know what I mean? Rooms in the Spirit. Rooms where you, uh, you go into a prayer time where you're just praying. It's just you and the Lord. And He starts showing you things about people to pray. He starts showing you things about nations. 
Who do you think he's using to stop Russia and to turn China around and to get our, our people elected that had to be elected this year? How's that happen? Well, does he have some super-duper prayer person in that council? No, he, it's us. It's us. You are the apostles and the prophets in the sense of the kingdom, important-wise. Your resume on earth, although it just may be, you know, a whatever, whatever Lisa does, whatever Madison and whatever Barry does, whatever we do down here is irrelevant. It's who we've been called to be in him. That's our resume. Amen. I want to, this, this little word here of Steve Sampson, he said, uh, live with expectation. Live with expectation. I feel like God is about to do something, and this is the assignment. Live with expectation. I wrote on the mirrors, God is up to something good. Would you stand with me this morning, and let's just acknowledge, God, you're up to something good, and I'm going to let it happen in my life in 17, in Jesus' name. I get ready for more, Lord. I open my heart for more in 17. We at River Church... We will not be afraid. We will not be ashamed. We will not uh, stand back. But, Lord, we're going to be bold as a lion. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us to this city. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I lay my hands on this cloth. Debbie, lay your hands on this cloth. Praise God. Touch that, touch that, praise God, Miss Annette, release into that. This is for Brother Tommy's mother in Jesus' name, life of God, life of God, praise God, Shula Bahatasi, hallelujah, Miss Lisa, Jesus' name, life of God. We send this cloth full of the healing power of the Lord Jesus into, uh, what's her name, Miss Amanda? Emily. No, no, your mother. She's Wanda. Wanda, Wanda. So we call Wanda into restoration now, and we release power in this cloth that the power will affect her life. And Lord, we give you, we just loose the Holy Spirit to change her. We take authority over fear in Miss Wanda's thinking, and we call her into restoration that she has called upon the name of the Lord. She has made him Lord, and Lord, we call her saved, restored, and healed, and delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Does anybody else need healing this morning in any way? We want you to leave this room healed. Y'all are good? How about a testimony? Does anybody have something to say going into this 17 that we should hear? Anybody? All right. Anybody want to prophesy or anything like that? Amen. Well, we release our faith with y'all for her that things are turning around. We love to pray for folks. We love to release our faith for folks. And it enlarges us as we do. And we expect to hear the good news about Miss Juan. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all are...